0: Morning, siblings. Today's readings are Joshua chapters 22 through 24. Today we finish up the book of Joshua. It sure did seem to pass quickly. So often in these precious books, I've longed to linger more than a day or two. I hear this sentiment a lot from folks. Usually, more often as we move on into the books such as Esther and Ruth and the Gospels, but my heart longs for as much time as possible in these foundational texts where. Our precious Father's actual voice fills the pages. Do you know what I do when I find myself wishing we could slow down and spend more time in the Word? I slow down and spend more time in the Word. (laughs) However, I don't slow down my Bible reading or ease up on our study here. Instead, I look at other things that are taking up my time, and I gauge the return I'm getting in exchange for that time. I've yet to find something in my life that does not bear fruit, which I can't exchange for more time with the Father, which will always bear fruit. Whenever you are at a point where you're burning the candle at both ends and need to take some things off your plate, begin by pouring a big puddle of super glue right in the center of that plate and gluing your Bible there first thing. That does not move. Time with the Father is something we should protect and never consider sacrificing. There are other gods, idols, and distractions that can be tossed out of the balloon instead. Anything that takes us away from our time with Him, no matter how noble it may seem or how godly we may declare it to be, is a threat to our relationship with the Father. If we are truly seeking to honor Him, we will never do so by replacing time in His Word with things that we deem better. So, I never stop reading the Word. I stop doing other things so I can have more time to read the Word. Let's get to the readings. Today, we have the three Israelite tribes building a replica of the altar, and their brethren tribes are justifiably horrified and angered at hearing of it. Enraged might be a better word. I remember the first time I read this. My mouth dropped open, my eyes just about popped out of my head, and I was pretty much shouting at these people through my Bible as some maddened sports fans would be shouting at a TV during a monumental game. I was horrified. It wasn't until I read a little further that I was able to exhale in momentary relief. But then it came back to me again, the truth of it. They were not told, nor are they authorized to do that. While their hearts may have been in the right place, they were still disobedient, and neither the state of their heart nor their good intentions changed that. Sincerity and intent do not excuse disobedience to Yahweh. At this point, only the Levites were authorized to do something such as they had just done. However, these tribes did it anyway. They built an altar, and then they excused it by saying they never planned on worshiping it or sacrificing on it or anything, but Here they are, going down a very slippery slope. How long would it be before they sacrificed on that altar, or decided it would be so much more convenient and made so much more sense to just worship there rather than travel to the promised land? I mean, if they meant well and really felt they were honoring Yahweh in their hearts, what difference did it make? The answer a lot. Yahweh defines how we are to worship Him, He sets the rules, and He Issues the commandments. As we've read about time and again, and we'll continue to read about and see it play out in our own lives, mankind often tries to supersede the authority of Yahweh by doing things on their own terms. Many people, individuals, and groups have taken their self appointed turn at issuing commandments, setting up tradition as law, and attempting to change or do away with Yahweh's decrees. The eternal truth is that we simply do not have the authority to do this. However, we have the freedom to follow those who think they have this authority. We have the freedom to obey them. And we have the freedom to serve the God that they create. Who we choose to obey shows who we have chosen to serve. Joshua 24, 15 states, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your father served in the region by the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Did you catch that? If it is evil in your eyes to serve Yahweh. These are the chosen people of the Father, and yet to some of these people among his chosen, serving the Father as he instructs was seen as evil. Y'all, these times are here again. Brace yourself, strengthen yourself in the Word, and stick close to His side. Joshua twenty four twenty six, Joshua wrote these words in the book of the Law of God. You may notice that book and law are capitalized in your translation as they are in mine. If you do a quick Bible Hub interlinear search, you'll see that the word originally used here is Torah. In this context, Torah, which translates best to teachings and wisdom of Yahweh, is referring to the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Joshua has written out an additional covenant, which basically is just a renewal of Israel's current covenant with the Father, but with this new generation taking their oath to abide by it. This is similar to our new covenant. There are no new or different laws, no different requirements, but we, as a new people and generation, agree to obey it when we seek to take part in it. So what is the new covenant? Let's read about that. The new covenant in Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. This is reiterated again in Hebrews 8, verses 6 through 13, with a direct quote from here. There are several other Bible verses explaining the new covenant, and they all line up with the terms in this one as well. So what does this covenant say? Let's look at the key points. Who is this covenant with? What will be written on our hearts? Whose law is it? If we're not Israel or Judah, how can we take part in this new covenant? See Romans 11 and Isaiah 56 for a little hint there. Better yet, keep reading because this whole book tells the full story that we all need to know. Tomorrow, we begin the book of Judges and we will see many other altars being built and further demonstration of how the Father feels about unauthorized altars in our life. We will also see the one standard by which every king was judged. Friends, we've covered a lot of territory, but in some ways, we've just suited up for the trip and the rest of our journey is about to begin. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5 21. We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of his word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.